There we are. There we are. We were on mute there for a second. Still figuring out the whole transition thing here on Miami Total Football Radio, the show. And look who's here. It's Steve El Primo Brenner. He has joined us here in the house, but I don't know. He's having technical difficulties. I can't do the uh, earphones. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, Steve, welcome. This is what Steve's face looks like, everybody. Steve El Primo Brenner, uh, longtime co-host, special guest tonight, the surprise special guest. I, I built it up with a lot of hype. I hope I didn't disappoint with uh, with your presence. I don't know what you're showing me. Are you showing me headphones? Headphones? Do you want me to try? I mean, you can if you want. Does it make any difference? Sorry, sorry, viewers, for this. Uh, yeah. We're, we're all new to this video thing. We're so used to doing the podcasting that we're trying to figure out the video thing. But, no, um, I think you'll be fine. You'll be fine with or without them. It's, it's all good. Okay, um, so, Steve, how are you doing? I'm very well, mate. How are you? Very good, man. Very good. It was nice to see you back in the press box again uh, last night after, you know, a few weeks away. You'd been, you came around for the initial messy mania, and then you disappeared for a few weeks because you were on summer vacation. Um, but now you're back. So, here we are. No, no, it was good to, it was good to be back. And it's uh, not that it didn't feel like an event, you know, every match before that. Well, it's completely different now, isn't it? Let's be right. Let's not let's not let's not lie about it. It's, it. The whole place feels completely different. There's a completely different vibe about it. Um, but yeah, not a great game, which I'm sure we'll get into. But um, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it feels it just feels different, doesn't it? For, for obviously for very obvious reasons. I like how your name tag here, you know, like right here on your on your screen, it just says Steve. That's all it says. It doesn't say Steve Brenner. Doesn't say Primo. It just says. Steve. Steve. <laughs> uh, but Steve, we will be talking about that game last night. We will preview this weekend's game against LAFC. We'll talk about Lil Messi's latest performance. Obviously, it was a disappointing one for Inter Miami. For the viewers and the listeners, if you haven't already, please give us a like, a follow, a share, and a subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or elsewhere, then please give us a Star review with a written review. Takes literally less than 30 seconds. You can put one word if you'd like, but it does help us out tremendously. And we're closing in on the number that we've been looking for in terms of the Apple podcast review. Steve and I set out a number a long time ago. And we're almost there. So, Steve, uh, if you want to dive right into it, let's talk about last night's game, right? Inter-Miami returned home to Drive Pink Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, for a midweek match against Nashville SC in the rematch of the League's Cup Final, although this one was played in South Florida, and this one was an MLS regular season game. And for the first time in the Leo Messi era, Inter-Miami finished goalless. They did not score in this one. Uh, 0-0 draw, 0-0 stalemate. Like you said, it wasn't a 0-0 uh, tie that was exciting, right? Sometimes you get those goalless games, but they're exciting. This one, not overly exciting. Yes, a few moments here, a few moments there, but on the whole, uh, not a whole lot in this one. I mean, we can dive right into it. Obviously, we don't need to do a recap because there, again, no goals were scored. I mean, we could go through the lineup. It was a 4-3-3 from Inter Miami back to the tried and tested 4-3-3 away from the recent 5-3-2. Yeah, Drake Callender in goal. The back four from right to left were DeAndre Yedlin, Tomas Aviles in place of Sergei Kristoff, Kamal Miller, and Jordi Alba. Your midfield three were Dixon Arroyo, uh, 
Sergio Busquets and Diego Gomez. And up top, you had Lionel Messi and Robert Taylor flanking Joseph Martinez. So, Steve, done the quick recap. What did you make of the game in a little more detail? What were your thoughts on the match? Um, yeah, I mean, Nashville came to came to the defend, didn't they? I think they, you know, they when I think when teams are gonna set up now, and I think Kamar Miller said it afterwards, you know, they're not if I think if, if teams go and just attack and open up, they know that they're gonna get ripped apart by Messi pretty much and, and by the other players going, you know, going alongside him, uh, you know, Robert Taylor or Jordi Alba down the wing or you know, whoever. So they play like two pretty much straight black, you know, blocks of blocks of four, two up front, just kept it very, very tight. Soaked, soaked everything up, and, and, and asked Inter Miami to, to go and have a go at them. And unfortunately, it was a, it was an off night for for Messi, and it needed someone else to step up. Robert Taylor, unfortunately, had a had a bit of a stinker. Uh, Martinez was anonymous. Uh, there was no one just to, you know, it's. I know even Messi, even Messi was like, we'll talk about it in more detail. But even Messi had an off night by by his even standards. When, right? Even when they got the even when they got the ball, every time they just straight away looking for Messi, and of course that's going to happen. But it just it needs somebody. It just on nights like that, it just needed someone else just to kind of step up and, and grab the ball by the horns. And it could have been Robert Taylor or Martinez or one of those other guys. And just they just got nullified. And it was only when the game really opened up in the last twenty minutes that you know there was big spaces, and it was actually Nashville that looked more deadly at the end. And you know, I, we mentioned maybe the, the VAR call. I've never seen a double VAR call like that. That was that's pretty rare, wasn't it? Blake definitely a handball. But then they pulled it back back to the offside. To be honest, after a lot in the last 10-15 minutes, Nashville looked the most likely to score, didn't they? A couple of free kicks on Messi, but just I think the rest of MLS will, will watch that last night and have been very intrigued by the way they, they set up and just how they to nullify it. Playing LAFC at the weekend, it's gonna be a different game. They'll probably go, they won't play LAFC won't play like that at home, but will they kind of maybe adjust it and just see? Or is Messi too tired and he's he hasn't got the legs in him to, to keep going. So this is this is the crunch thing. An amazing start, the ten games, whatever it is, eleven goals, blah blah. But now it's the <laughs> blah blah. Now yes. Now is the crunch, isn't it? Now is the crunch. Is the is the can they get into the playoffs? And on last night's performance, you'd, you'd say not. So we'll dive into the playoff picture in a little more detail later on, there, Steve. But let's let's talk about what you just said about Nashville SC and. and the age-old question in Spanish with regards to almost any any aspect of uh, a play, a game, a goal is cuánto mérito contra cuánto error, right? So how much merit do you give Nashville for the game plan and how much do you put it on Inter-Miami's shortcomings with the ball, right? It's, 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 it's all um, just a talking point, right? Because there's no magnifying glass or there's no direct formula that says this is the percentage of this but just in your in your estimation from your seat what would you estimate i mean was it more nashville doing their game plan well or was it inter miami not doing what they needed to do well enough? i think i think nashville's i think set up a a, a very sort of solid way of playing and, and gary smith probably said to them look we're gonna have two banks of four let them come on to us let them try and break us down. Then we'll try sure. and hit them in the counter. They didn't do that in the first half uh, successfully in Nashville. They barely had a shot. But I think once Mukhtar came on, just gave them legs and they were just a bit more sort of mobile up front. And then obviously into Miami started to tire. And I think that was that was the difference. So I, I think I think the game plan from Nashville was great. It's like, come on and have you, you you think you're good, come and have a go at us. And they tried. And they just couldn't 
one reason or another, they just they couldn't do it. The tackles were going in. It was a bit of rough stuff. Messi was getting a bit ruffled. They were getting stuck into him, and it was, you know, it was a, yeah, it was, it was. They were happy. They got really stuck into them, and I don't think they like that. And I haven't watched every game as as closely as you have, but as as. Is that the first time that Messi's really been kind of sort of roughed up? Do you think, or or is no? He's he's had, he's had other games where he's had physical defending, um, but he he just didn't have much of an impact. Now we'll go back to to that in a second. He's overrated. Sell him. Yeah. <laughs> Lorin M says Nashville just got waxed four zero. Of course they were going to park the bus. Uh, what's his name? Ten says why didn't Sam Surridge play for Nashville? Was that one of the reasons Nashville decided on their defensive strategy. So listen, this is my my perception, um, my perspective. I think they went with the game plan that they thought would work best to nullify Inter-Miami. And look, by and large, even in the League's Cup final, Inter-Miami had the lion's share of possession in the first half of the title game in Nashville. But they didn't create a whole lot. Messi's goal comes from a, a pass that's played into the box that pops out to him, and then he did his individual brilliance. But by, before that, I mean, and after that, largely Inter-Miami didn't create a whole lot to test uh, Elliot Panico, right? So Nashville SC has done a very good job in these two matches from the run of play at stifling Inter-Miami's attack, right? You take away one moment of brilliance from, from this guy, and Inter-Miami would probably have nothing to show for it in terms of goals and, and um, production in the final third. Now, they have Messi, he scored, they went to the penalty kicks, and they won. And that they deserve that trophy and, um, you know, the moment that came with that. But on the balance of two games, Inter-Miami has not beaten Nashville, right? They won on penalty kicks, but from the run of play in the 90 minutes, Inter-Miami tied Nashville 1-1 in the League Cup Final, and they tied 0-0 last night at Drake Bay Stadium. Nashville SC did a heck of a job last night staying compact, staying organized, staying disciplined, and they were just very determined to not let Inter-Miami do what it does best, right? They let Inter-Miami have the ball. Like you said, they came out with the idea of a tie is good enough. And if if we can steal something on uh, – I'm paraphrasing from their you know, mindset. If we can steal something from from uh, a set piece or from a counterattack, then so be it. But we'll, we'll be content with a draw. And Inter-Miami, from their vantage point, we're like, okay, well, we'll possess the ball. And we'll break you down eventually. Jose Armando, the fellow co-host, whose, nick, whose nickname is Island Jose – a.k.a. Cinco, he was sitting next to me, as he normally does in the press box, and he told me literally in the first 15 minutes or so of the game, this is not going to work. There's no way Nashville's going to be able to hold up giving Inter-Miami position, which I disagree with 100%. If you go toe-to-toe or blow-for-blow with Inter-Miami, you have to have the firepower to do so because Inter-Miami, if you give them space, I mean, chances are that Messi's going to make magic or he's going to find Robert Taylor or, you know, we've seen games where Inter-Miami has blown things wide open because they've had space and taken advantage of it. I think this is the formula, by and large, generally speaking, it might be exception here or there, this is the formula for beating Inter-Miami. Yeah, park the bus, play defensive, play ugly, but that is what's going to frustrate Inter-Miami. If you try to go toe-for-toe, I mean, you better hope your forwards and your attack is on, on fire because Inter-Miami is going to probably score on you, right? So in this game, look, Nashville didn't come out with the three points, but they got a road point and Inter-Miami did not, which hurts them in their push for the playoff spot. So, you know, I would say if it was up to me, though, if it was up to me and I had to do the, you know, the question I asked you, 
I think I would give Nashville 45% merit, and I would give 55% of the shortcomings to Inter Miami. Now, again, I think Nashville had a heck of a game plan, and they, they executed it very well. But if you're the team that has the ball, and you're the team that's knocking around in, in possession, and you have a creative genius like Messi who can score or assist, and you can't win at home, then I think that a little bit more of the shortcomings are on you because – the game was there for you to, you know, you got to find the way. You got to find the way. You have the ball, find the way. They couldn't find the way for many reasons. What well, we can dive, dive into that a little bit more. And look at this. Look at this, Steve Brenner. Steve Munoz, your first namesake, says Steve is more handsome than I thought. So I don't know oh, if Steve Munoz talked. I don't know, I don't know if it's a compliment. I don't know if it's a compliment or an insult. So he was either calling you ugly before or he's calling you good looking now. He got, my, he got my letter. He got my letter. Actually. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you had anything to add to, to that. I, I mean, just, again, I, I think I put it more on Inter Miami, a little slightly more, not by a lot more, but slightly more. He's going to have off nights. I mean, the, the guy's been playing a lot, you know, much more than maybe before. He's, he's going to, he's going to have an offer. He is human. That was my, you know, intro. So Messi is human after all. But he is, he is human. He is going to have games off. He can't always just produce it like that. It's just not, doesn't happen. And he needed just other people to step up and like, even Busquets was quite quiet. And yeah, Robert Taylor had a couple of great chances. He probably had the best chances. There was one for the first one that it just sat up nicely for him. Just get on target and he sort of blasted it over. And then there was that other chance, I think, just towards the end of the first half. Just one of those, just just one of those, one of those nights. But I just think it's going to give food for thought now for, for other MLS managers watching that. And they would just thought, mm, um, you know, that's 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 interesting. And and they ruffled him up. Fair play to them. They got stuck into him. He didn't like it, did he? Like it. <laughs> he Nobody. hasn't liked it when they've when they've marked him tightly. I mean, he's a competitor, right? So I, I understand it completely. But yeah, um, stuck into it. it was great. Yeah, it's not I mean, the first it. time we've seen it, though. It's not the first time we've no, seen no. it. Now let's listen to this from Tata post game about the match itself, right? And again, if you listeners or viewers don't speak Spanish, I will translate by paraphrasing afterwards. Of course, Steve, I know I don't know how your Spanish is these days, my friend, but um, but we'll uh, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. All right, listen no, to no. Tata Martino. Bueno, Nashville es un equipo que, que defiende bien. Hoy creo que un poco más atrás que el partido este, de la final. Eh, yo creo que el equipo tuvo más ritmo en el segundo tiempo que en el primero. Paradójicamente las mejores situaciones, eh, las dos de Taylor, fueron en el primer tiempo. Eh, creo que en, que en el primer tiempo la pelota circulaba demasiado lento. En el segundo creo que lo hicimos un poco mejor. But bueno, nos costó. Estos partidos suelen pasar. So Steve, Tata says, I like the I like the word he used to. He says he thought that Inter Miami played better and the ball was circulated and and moved better in the second half than the first half. However, he says paradoxically, his word, that they had the better chances in the first half than the second half. And he's talking about you know, of course, Robert Taylor's. Two opportunities that he does not put away. Um, I, I share the sentiment that they moved the ball better in the second half, but they were more dangerous in the first half. Now, we can talk about Messi in a little more detail. Like you said, he had an off night. He had some some rough touches, you know, some uncharacteristic first touches that would get away from him. You know, that that that's a little bit of space extra that you normally don't see him uh, give up when he's controlling the ball or trapping the ball. Uh it was getting a, a little bit more away from him. And he was, you know, that that little bit of space took away the little bit of time he had for the opening to take shots. You saw how many shots did you see get blocked that he tried to take 
Um, you know, he was dispossessed at times. It was an off night for him. I do think, even though he got some rest against the New York Red Bulls, I think he is exhausted. I think he's very tired. I'm very curious to see how he heads into this weekend's game against LAFC, and then more curious to see how he responds with the Argentine national team when he goes on international duty next week. Um, very curious to see how, how it all plays out. But you could tell he's he was spent. At the end of the game, on one of the final attacks in, in stoppage time, Interim is attacking quickly up the field, and Messi stayed wide right, almost as like a right back as he was like walking up the field. Eventually, he he started jogging and got forward to to try to partake in the attack. But that to me said a lot about where he is in terms of energy level. So he was off. Um, it's not just him though; there are other players that have to perform, and they didn't do that in this one. It's also you know you think he he was playing in Europe. When was the last time? When was the last time that he actually played for, for PSG? the back end of, of last season he's had a kind of disjointed break i guess it's not getting the younger but no the, the volume of games definitely is going to catch up with him obviously now you know a long trip a long trip you know to, to the west coast different time difference change everything like that. at least he's got it's not till sunday the game so at least he's got a, a bit longer to to recuperate um but he needs other people to step up it's, he can't do it he can't, an amazing fantastic wonderful player that he is he cannot do it all on his own, just can't. He just can't. But he has he been it, doing it. He made it seem like he could do it, but at some point, you know, you Nothing need other players to, to help as yeah. well, right? And I mean, listen, there's been other games where other players have contributed and done their part, but in this game, where the game was so tight and Messi was dropping so deep to try to find the ball because he was up against the compact, uh, compact, like you said, two blocks of eight, or sorry, two blocks of four, uh, making one giant block of eight. Uh, you know, you you needed other players to make runs to to create. It's a bit you, better when they when they made the substitution when Ruiz came on, Cromancy when he came on. Facundo Farias wasn't great, but I thought he gave he him a little bit him, yeah. more than Robert Taylor. Look, Robert Taylor to me, I think he's a good dribbler, but you don't see enough of it lately. I haven't seen enough of him going at players on one on one, and maybe that's not his role or his responsibility. Maybe that does not asking him to do that. But like I told you at halftime, right? I, I walked over to you on the other side of the press box and I said they need a player who also on the dribble can make things happen. Someone that can desequilibra, as we say in Spanish. Someone that can, um, you know, unsettle the defense or can break down the, the organization of a defense with a dribbling move. Um, because you break by one guy, okay, then now somebody else has to come over and and cover that space. And then that opens up spaces for other people. And, and they just didn't have that. Robert Siller wasn't good. Bizarro. Joseph, Bizarro. Jo- <laughs> You're lucky Andrea, Andrea's not here to slide tackle you. Um but look, Joseph Martinez also, uh, like you said, you know, he was he was anonymous largely in this he, one. Service, though, isn't he? Joseph Martinez. So, so that's where I wanted to go. Him. That's where I wanted to go with this because Tata Martinez after the game said that, and I agree that as strikers you need to flourish. Now that being said, not every game as a striker are you going to find that service, especially against the team that's compact at the back. You have to be able to create your own chances at times. And I don't think Joseph Martinez is, at this point in his career, a striker that's going to create chances for himself. And I think that is something that Tata Martino is going to have to analyze. When they're up against teams that are likely to sit back and park the bus, is Joseph Martinez the best striker to deploy up top as the starter? Campagna also is a similar kind of mold, though, isn't he? Campana can hold the ball up, but I think Campana can create a little bit more for himself on his own. Like, I'm not saying Campana is, is um, 
you know, Paolo Guerrero or, or Luis Suarez in the old days, but he can create a little bit more on his own in terms of his own shot. He can create, remember, don't forget the, uh, let's see, the Inter Miami Orlando City game um, where he scores un golazo from, you know, just past midfield where he, he chips the goalkeeper. Um, yes, you know, he, he raced onto a ball there, but, you know, he created something out of very little. Uh, I think it was another game against Orlando. I think it might have been this year. Um, the pre-Messi era is a little bit of a blur for me for this season, but I think it was this year um, where he he took a shot from, you know, a half chance from outside the penalty area and smashed it into the top right corner um, without much of a buildup, without much of a pass. So Campana is able to create, in my opinion, more of a shot for himself than Joseph Martinez does. Right? Joseph Martinez also doesn't make runs in behind. No, I say the Agonales. He's not making um, those runs to test the defense. And I, I think that hurts Inter Miami because if you have a team – that has a block, like we've said, and they're keeping everything in front of them. Well, if you start testing them by making those runs in behind, then you're starting to ask questions. Then you start opening up spaces because they have to follow this way. And so I, I think that's something that Tata Martino has to look very, very closely at. Um, you know, we've talked a lot here on this podcast and on the show about should it be Campana? Should it be Joseph Martinez? I'm curious to hear your opinion. What do you think? Should it be Joseph Martinez as a – I'm not going to say every game starter because – they're both pretty close in terms of where they're at in terms of their level, but uh, this, this today, but who do you think should be the starting striker? I don't know. I mean, what about, what about dropping Robert Taylor into midfield with Busquets and Messi and then having Campania and, and Martinez up front? Is that an option? So Tata has said he's not playing both. Like he, unless they're scrambling for a goal late in a game that playing them side by side, he's it's not. I think they're very similar. I, yeah. I, 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 they come across as very, like, look, I haven't watched them as closely as you have, but they do they do sort of, they're kind of similar players. I think they just both need the ball into them to do something. If once they get the ball, then they can both finish. They've both got a goal in them. Uh, they could both be a handful for sure. I think, you know, Campagna is a big, strong, strong guy. Uh, Martinez is quite quick and he, and he gets around a bit. So, yeah, they're not, there's not too much to choose from them. I think they just, they rely on the service. Whereas, you know, Robert Taylor, I guess, is more creative. Um Good, decent on the ball, we can drop deep and then maybe feed the strikers. So maybe that's how it works. You know, if they had Miguel Amaron and Martinez together, just like those back Atlanta days, and you know, that was they need that kind of player, don't they? I think in midfield, just to kind of give it when Messi's not, it's not happening for him. Like, putting Busquets was pretty quiet last night. I didn't really see him do. He just goes about his business pretty quietly, but again, he wasn't he wasn't really influential. He, he wasn't influential yesterday, right? Busquets had a quiet game. Jordi Alba had a quiet game. Again, Nashville deserves its props it's, and its kudos for for doing what it did yesterday. Kyla says in the comments here, Joseph still has better movement, but Campana is more two dimensional. See, I agree with that because you're saying they're similar, and I would say they're similar in the fact that they're both strikers that really rely on they need the service. service they need the service but, yeah. but i would agree with Kyle and that joseph is more mobile and, and able to move around a bit more especially in, in short spaces and probably better in combination um especially quick combinations where campana is better with his back to goal more of a target striker that can hold up a defender can can bring a ball down lay it off that way um i do think again campana can create more uh of a shot for himself than than uh than Joseph Martinez, but still not not a whole lot. And look, this this goes into uh, a quote from Kamal Miller yesterday. Let's listen to this sound bite or this clip from Kamal Miller post game, and then I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Steve. I mean, you were there with me, right? You were over my left shoulder. Oh yeah, me and this, Kamal, but... we're getting down with it. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. Nice guy. 
Yeah. All right. Well, let's listen to this from Kamal Miller, and then we'll we'll continue. Um, in the end, I just think it comes down to the little things, like maybe someone could have stepped up and had an individual moment of brilliance to break the score. It felt like that's what the game needed. Um, credit to Nashville. They executed their game time pretty well. Uh, now it's on us just to get back to the drawing board and figure out how to break down these teams because probably that's what everyone can do about this now. That was my question, wasn't it? So, Steve, what do you think about that? He says he thought that the game was calling for maybe a moment of brilliance from somebody. Now, people might interpret that as he's saying, oh, Messi should have delivered, but I don't, I don't think that's what he's saying. I don't think that's what he's saying. I think what he's saying is that, yeah, someone in the attack in a game that's so tight needed to step up and deliver. And I thought Kamal Miller tried to do that, obviously, from his position on a couple of occasions. There's that one play in the second half where he wins the ball in Inter-Miami's defensive half, and then he starts dribbling forward like he's, um, I don't know, Carlos, like he's Gerard Piquet or, um, you know, he just went on a, on a very forward run into Nashville FC's penalty box. Then he played a poor, I thought, a too far of a back pass instead of playing it a little bit shorter. But that's what that's what I think he meant. Someone that was putting the game um, on its shoulders to try to make something happen. And, and besides Messi, you didn't see that from, from anybody. And I, I think this is one of the reasons why I'm convinced that Luis Suarez will be on this team next year. Because Luis Suarez can, even though he's older, even though he's slower, even though he's got a bad knee, he can still <laughs> give you a little bit more in tight spaces, or he can create something out of nothing, whereas Campana and and Joseph Martinez are much more reliant on, on their service. Yeah, but so. when Suarez is the same, Suarez is the same situation, isn't it? I mean, he wouldn't necessarily come... If you put a ball... Seven-year-old Luis Suarez, just sort of, you know. <laughs> if you put a low ball across the, the top of the 18, and Luis Suarez had the chance to smack it, I mean... I think he can make something, you know, out of that. That's I don't know. I, th- I think his time maybe is maybe is past. But I think what Kamal Miller was 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 saying, yeah, he's right. And Kada just just saying there that when it's not happening, you need your other ten or certainly other nine outfield players to to kind of step up and produce that bit of magic. And whether it's Robert Taylor or Campagna or or, uh, or Martinez or you know one of the other guys, the subs that came on, it just needed that spark. And they all tried. It just wasn't. Just wasn't it just wasn't happening but you know the, the sort of every time the ball they get the ball they look for Messi straight away as you as you would I guess it's just natural maybe so but it was too predictable it was too, too predictable, predictable from maybe, maybe they'll look at they'll certainly look at that they'll be pouring over the tech guys will be looking at, at, the, at the at the video and then they'll be they'll be working on different ways to to maybe to to you know impact impact games when it's when he is marked tighter and he is going to be marked tightly tighter maybe in, than he has done in, in, in previously certainly when everyone else sees what happened last night how they kind of nullified him then then what then what happened so you know maybe it's, it was a good thing a bit of start a bit of a wake-up call really i think for everyone um even you know even the fans i think just a bit who you know he's not going to turn on every week it's just it's just not and i think that was proved last night miller said something in the post-game interview about how because the game, you know, was how it was playing out, that the fan base was a little quieter than usual, which he said, you know, didn't really help, you know, in terms of the, um, I don't want to say excitement, but like in terms of lifting the team and, and that type of thing, which I thought was interesting because yesterday it, it did seem um, like the energy was overall down. I think the crowd was was mirroring what they were seeing on, on the field. Um, 
and and I mean, I'm not gonna say he played a huge part in in them uh, not coming out with the three points, but I mean, it certainly certainly didn't help. Certainly didn't help. But it's, it's the fans' fault, you're basically saying. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Miller is the one that said, like, oh, you know, the crowd. Come on, Miller last night blamed into Miami's fans. No, 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 no. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. No, at all. no. Um, I mean, but it, it was. It, I still think it was a good atmosphere. It was just, it wasn't a great game, was it? It just wasn't a great game. It, period. Like, nothing. I barely, uh, barely made a note in the first half. Nothing really. Just nothing. Nothing happened. Nothing was going on, and it was just they were being nullified. It doesn't. Yeah, it wasn't exciting, and that that was reflected in the crowd. I think. It, it was pretty. It was a pretty uh, boring game, right? In terms of soccer and the beautiful crowd, um, it was a snooze fest. It was a snooze. Steve Munoz says can't blame the crowd. The match was putting everyone to sleep. I mean, it was it was a snooze fest. It was a snooze fest for sure. Out, out of all the recent Inter Miami games since Lionel Messi has arrived, this was absolutely the most dry and uneventful. It was probably the best word to, to describe it. Gala. Uh, or Tata says, I agree with what you said on Twitter, Franco. Team left themselves too vulnerable uh, to counters. There was one counter, and we have to talk about it. Switching gears. There was one counter from Nashville SC in the second half, as Inter Miami is pushing to try to find a way to break down the defense, in which Hadi Mukhtar is in on goal, ready to take a shot. The ball gets a little bit too far away from him on his first touch, but he still has an opportunity to take an on-on-one shot with Drake Counter, or at least a, a shot. Andre Kamal Miller scrambles back and makes a lunging slide tackle to prevent the shot from going on frame. It was probably the biggest play of the match, in my opinion. I don't know if you share that, but um, you know Kamal Miller had a heck of a game. You know, it's not the only slide tackle he he made uh, as a last ditch effort that prevented some danger from Nashville SC, but that moment was was massive. Was massive. And, and listen, I, this is something that needs to be talked about and i've been looking for the moment i thought about doing it last night and um but it is something that needs to be talked about and you know for for us in the media as well as fans and viewers and listeners um there kamal miller from what we understand is in the last year of his deal right he he was in the final year of his contract with montreal he apparently reportedly has uh interest in going to europe like it's a apparently a career goal of his i think he's played very well since he's gotten to Miami, especially since Messi's arrived. And um, I think he's probably been the best center back or the best defender by and large. Does he want to return to this team after this year? Or is that something he's open to? Or does he want to check out and see what, what's in store for Europe? I mean, we don't even know if Inter Miami wants him back after this year, right? They might want a different type of center back. But, I mean, with the way he's playing, I think it's a conversation that should be had, you know, at least publicly in terms of, is this something he would like to continue with? Is this a project he would like to stay with? Or is the you know the opportunity to go to Europe far too big for him to stay in South Florida? I mean, what would you think? What would you think? Canadian international, he's playing well. He's probably playing the best soccer he's played in his, in his career, right? He's fresh off of a World Cup. Um, do you think he would want to stay with, you know, I'm sure that the pull of Messi's is a very alluring one, but I mean, you only have one career. You know, how often do you get the opportunity to, to be free of your contract to go to Europe on your own terms? It depends on what contract they offer him, what other options are there. I do. I, I think with with our little Argentinian friend, it does. Um, it, it is an it is an interesting project. It is. It does feel. It does feel different. Um, you know, you got to think that this time next year will it be Messi's last season? 
probably not if the World Cup's the, the following year. But I think it's probably worth sticking around. Again, look, money talks. And if he gets a great offer from Europe, then, yeah, he, he may he may be off. But they'd do well to keep him, I think. I think he's, yeah, it's different as Kada's saying there, 26, now or never. Still relatively young, isn't he? As long as he keeps injury-free. Um, but it's an interesting... I mean, oh, hold on, hold on. So, I, mean, I, I got I to gotta interrupt you there, Primo. 26 is still relatively young. But if you sign another let's say three, four year deal. I mean, you're not leaving after the first year, probably. So what, you're going to leave at 28? I mean, you're getting close to 30 at that point. Is it still possible? Sure. But at 28, 29, are you going to have as many options as you did when you were 26? It's all about the money, man. It's all about the money. Just, it just depends. <laughs> I was just doing a podcast uh, the other day with, a, with a, a, a soccer player from the UK. He was all set up for, for a big move to go to his boyhood club. All set and set and signed. He, he said, "I'll play one last match, and then and then I'll then I'll then I'll leave." Broke his leg, broke his leg, and then it, the, the move never happened, and it would have set him up for life. You just don't know what's gonna. You just well, Kamal Miller gonna... better not be listening to Miami Total Football no, Radio right now because if he does, he's I definitely hope... not returning to Miami next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 he's probably got. To, it probably have some decent options at the end of the season. Put it that way, if he carries on playing like this. So, um, yeah. and he's on a free, and if you're on a free. It's... That opens up a world of, of possibilities for you. Um, let's let's last thing I want to touch on on this game. It's a positive, and it's something to keep an eye. And that is, it involves Kamal Miller, but he has now played next to Thomas Aviles for the last two games. Sorry, Christoph has not dressed. I'm not sure if he's at, if he's dealing with an injury or, or what's going on there, but Sergi uh, Christoph has not dressed. Thomas Aviles has gotten the start now against the New York Red Bulls over the weekend. It was in a back five. Uh, Thomas Aviles was the right center back and Kamal Miller was the sweeper, the, the middle of the three center backs. In this game, they returned again to that four-man back line and it was Thomas Aviles on the right, Kamal Miller on the left. And Thomas Aviles has more speed than Sergei Kristoff. And I think that there, there's a reason why um, he has started these games, right? Like, I mean, maybe Sergei Kristoff isn't. Maybe. Maybe Kristoff. I mean, I, I saw Kristoff in training, though, on Tuesday. So, you know, if he is suffering from an injury, I mean, it's not completely, um, you know, it's not a Gene Mota injury. Gene Mota wasn't even, like I had reported in the in the preview pod, that he was not going to dress. He did not dress. He wasn't even in attendance at Drive Pink Stadium. He posted on his Instagram, like, his little blanket over his legs and he was watching the TV, which is interesting because that, that to me, seems like he's injured again, right? Like, if you're not even with the team, um, Especially the rug. The rug is a giveaway, man. If you got the rug on his leg, that's, <laughs> it was a blanket. It. Okay, not a rug, blanket. a blanket, a blanket, <laughs> an inter Miami blanket. Um, which is which is interesting to me. Um, but I think Thomas Aviles is going to be looked at as a potential option to start, maybe during the stretch run. I like that. I think Sergey Kristoff has had some very good games, but there's no denying that he's not the fastest. And with the way Inter Miami plays, and you have a high line because you're constantly pushing into the opposing half and trying to pin the opponent back, you're going to leave yourself exposed to counterattacks. And you're going to need some speed to take away the threat on the counter. And Kamal Miller is, I won't say he's blazing fast, but he's, he's he, he can make up some ground. But he's not the fastest. Sergei Kristoff is not the fastest. So you need some speed back there, aside from DeAndre Edlin. And I think Thomas Aviles is the guy they're looking at for that. So I agree with here with, with, with what, uh, God, is it Kada or Kada? Let, let, let me know, please. But, uh, Kada says, Avilas compliments Miller more and has pace to help get back, which is the point yeah, that I'm trying to make. I think 
that that center back partnership um, could be could be something that Tata Martino looks at longer term in terms of this season. I, I said the last podcast that I didn't think so. I thought Kristoff and and uh, Miller would be the tandem um, for much of the season, but now I'm having second thoughts because with the way Inter Miami plays, again, you need that speed, and, and Thomas Aviles has much more of that than Sergi Kristoff. Yeah, I think defensively they looked pretty sound, didn't they? Nashville didn't create a lot, and I guess that's because they were defending well. It was only when the game got really stretched in the second half they looked a, a little bit more open. You know, they got tired. I think Mukhtar changed things, you know, uh, big time. The, the the sub that came off of Nashville, whose name escapes me, he he had also had a great chance to to score. And then there was a, the penalty shout, which I guess we'll touch on briefly. Um, but for the most part, they looked yeah defensively solid. Calendar looked looked good. Made a couple of good saves. So. No, do we like do we like Drake Callender's new blonde look? Yeah, it's like it's like it's the color of your shirt actually that you're wearing right now. That's, that's why I wore it. Yeah, that's why I wore it. I'm <laughs> gonna get my hair blonde, bleached blonde tomorrow anyway. So uh, there yeah. we go. See, I, I, I made a mistake. I should have had you on tomorrow instead of today. I do a, I do a live from the barbershop. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, he, um, yeah, no, they, I think defensively they look they look solid. Certainly when you you know go back to the Damien Lowe's and the Beakers and you know that kind of era i think they they look far more sort of solid solid now so that's that's certainly a plus for sure so let's listen to something kabamura said about that partnership and how it's developing and type of player thomas avilas is on the field uh it's great i enjoy playing with him he's a fearless young man uh, a lot of per- a lot of potential and personality for his young age puts in a hard tackle uh not scared to express himself as well he'll let me know when i'm not in the right position as well and yeah, it's going pretty well. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what we could do together in the future. There you go. Do you, do you think that will be the partnership? And I'm curious to hear what the what the listeners and viewers think. Is it going to be Aviles and Miller? When when and if Kristoff gets healthy again, will it be Aviles and Miller that is the preferred tandem um, when everyone's available and healthy, if that comes to pass? I think... There's a chance now. There's a chance. You know, they've, 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 he's gotten a few games under his belt now. Um, he's gotten some minutes in there, starting to get used to uh, or starting to adapt to MLS. I'm not saying he's fully adapted, but I think there is a chance now that it might be Avilas and Miller. You know, I, I yeah. think I would go Christoph and, and Miller, um, just me personally, because we've seen games where they've bossed it around. But I can understand why Tata Martino would want some more speed on it. They've got options. They've got options, haven't they? I think that's the that's the main thing. So they can, you know, he can he can work he can work around it. But I wouldn't have thought he'd make too many changes uh, for Sunday. Would have thought maybe Campagna in for for Martinez potentially. But um, you know, Robert Taylor looked a bit tired. But I think defensively, no, he'll he'll keep it as is. I thought DeAndre Edlin looked pretty good. Jordi Alba was quite quiet, wasn't he? he? Didn't really go forward when he kept getting forward. He kept losing the ball. It just wasn't just wasn't wasn't working out for him either, really. But um, I thought Edlin looked. Yeah, he's just solid, isn't he? You just know what you're going to get with him, really. So, with regards to the playoff chase, Inter Miami stayed in 14th place, Primo. Uh, they got a point. They got another point. And I believe they're 10 points off of the, the final playoff spot. Now, Tata Martino, after the game, let's listen to what he said. Let's listen to what he said. I'm not even going to paraphrase. Let's listen to what he said. Again, I'll translate or paraphrase afterwards, and then we're going to do a little exercise here, Primo. So if you need a pen and paper, get your pen and paper ready as well for you listeners and viewers. Because, yeah, we're uh, let's listen to this from Tata, and we'll get into the exercise. Um, 
yo entiendo la, la frustración de todos, nosotros también la, la sentimos. Era una, una buena noche para seguir acortando distancia. Aún así, de algunos equipos, aún con un punto hemos acortado. Eh, y lo que tenemos que hacer es seguir adelante. Esto eh, puede pasar. Eh, es cierto que veníamos un poco mal acostumbrados con, 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 con título, con acceso a la final, con partido ganado de, de la Liga el otro día en, en, en Nueva York, pero bueno, hay que seguir y eh, todavía hay muchas cosas por decir. You know, tonight was a good night to have the opportunity to, to continue to, to cut the distance between us and, and the playoff spot. But that a game like this can happen. Now, I'll, I'll stop there to paraphrase. I agree with that. That's true. This can happen. Now, I get, you know, as much as the last month and change was really, really good for Inter Miami, at some point they were going to have an off night. At some point they were going to pick up um, a victory. Now, let's, that being said, I'm very technical. Inter Miami didn't win some games during the Uh, League's Cup run. They tied them and then advanced and won the penalty kick shootout. But anyway, in MLS, at some point, they were not going to come out with all three points. At some point, right? This is just normal. Um, now, I don't agree with what he said afterwards, so I'll continue with the paraphrasing. He says, we were a little mal acostumbrado, which we grew accustomed, we were, we were a little spoiled, by the fact that we won a League's Cup or a trophy, that they uh, reached another final, and that they um, that they won away at New York. Like, overconfident? I, 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 overconfident? I, I, overconfident? But I, I thought that was an interesting choice of, of words. Like, why would they be spoiled? Listen, like, I get what he's trying to say, that, like, you know, they had done so much that at some point, you know, when they had a letdown that you know it would be it would be seen as, as uh, a big deal but it's a big deal because of where they are in the playoffs right like that that's what i think so while while yes um you know they still have an opportunity that you know it's not over for them yet i mean they missed an opportunity and and Dave, david ruiz after the game talked uh to the media and, and he said in spanish often that they were frustrated i mean it's frustrating because they didn't win at home being the team that had the ball that was dictating the tempo and that has the pressure to make up that distance. Now, this is where the exercise comes in, Primo, and viewers and listeners. Uh, well, I guess for listeners, I'm going to have to do a good job here of uh, of describing what we're looking at. So what we're looking at here is the Eastern Conference standings from 8th place to 15th place. So Inter-Mind with last night's draw, they are in 14th place. They have 22 points. Chicago is in ninth with 32. Now, Inter Miami's played only 24 games, where Chicago has played 26, and 10th place BC United has played 26, 11th place Charlotte has played 25, uh, 12th place New York Red Bulls have played 26, and 13th place New York City FC has played 27. So Inter Miami has games in hand, but games in hand do not automatically mean points in hand. So 10 points separate them, and there are 10 games left in the regular season for Inter Miami. Primo, does Inter Miami get there? Are they going to be able to make up that ground, right? Because if they're 10 points shy, that's at least four games, right? 
three wins yeah. and at least a draw. So just get get even on there, right? They've got 10 left. And now just because you win three and tie one, that just means you've made those 10 points. But those all those teams ahead of them also have to start losing games, which is, I mean, very unlikely that they all start losing that many games. So you probably now need to win, what, out of 10? I hope you're doing the math there. <laughs> I hope you're writing it down. I mean, are they? how many games do they have to win? How many more games does Inter Miami have to win to make the playoffs? I mean, it's, it's, it's it makes very very bad reading. I mean, even if they've got the games in the games in hand, I mean, you know, ten already ten points off ninth with yeah they've got the two two games in hand. But who's you know like you say who's to say that Chicago won't you know win win their games? Be fair, I just I can't. I I mean it'd be amazing if they do it. It'd be great. I just I think they've just left themselves far too much to do. And if you look look at the remaining. The remaining games, LA, then they've, they've got um, who's, um, Sporting yeah, Kansas, Kansas City, Atlanta at home. I thought Atlanta away, uh, Toronto at home, who are struggling, Orlando away. Um, then they've got the Open Cup, then NYCFC at home, Chicago away. I mean, I, I just I, I can't see, I really can't see it. I just, it's, it's too much. Too negative, much, uh, negative primo, negative Brenner. Danny Davila says all of them with a laughing emoji face and an exclamation point because that's what Inter Miami needs to do to get to the playoffs. Look, they don't need to win every game. I know that said tongue in cheek. Look, I, I did the math before they, you know, resumed league play. This ended this weeks ago. I based on the average math of the ninth place team in the Eastern Conference over the last three full seasons. Take away 2020 because that was the pandemic impacted season. The last three full seasons in MLS. The ninth place team in the Eastern Conference has averaged 43 points. Inter Miami is 21 points away from that. So they would need to win seven out of those 10. And Messi's not going to be around for three. So you have to be pretty much perfect in terms of the seven that he is around for to make the playoffs. Just, just, to put into con- just to put into context, they're 35 points behind Cincinnati who are top. 35 points. I mean, it's... They're way off the pace. But, that's, but they're not. They're not. They're not worried about first place. They're worried about no, ninth making it to the playoffs. It's, it's seven far, games. You know. It's seven wins out of the last ten. Realistic. Messi's going to miss miss three of them, right? Right. So seven out of ten. So I mean, we don't know if they're going to lose the ones that he's out of just off of automatically. We, we don't know that. But can they win seven out of ten? Can they win seven out of ten? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's 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 possible, but. You know, we we don't, don't give me it's possible, primo. Don't ride the fence. Give me an answer. Is they're not going to Is it going to happen? No, no absolutely not. No, no. They've left, unfortunately, they've left themselves. I think they'll go. They'll go close, and it will be. It's gonna. Every game's gonna have something riding on it now, which is great for us in the media, great for the fans, great for everyone else watching. Blah blah. But I just, I just think <laughs> blah look, blah. You look at Chicago now. It, it, Ten points clear. Yeah, Miami have got two games in hand. Three games in hand over New York and Toronto, it's not going to happen, though. No, they, no, they're going to they pay the price for the for the for the early season form. Unfortunately, that's just just the way it is. But you know, they've had they've got the memories of the cup, and you know, there's never the U.S. Open Cup now seen so um, so 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 important. But you know, that's it's a good it's a good building block I think for next season. I think it'd be a miracle if if they do it, and it'd be an amazing story if they do. I hope they do. I just I can't see it. And it's, I very, bet, it's very difficult. It's very difficult. Two dollars at the event. You bet me two dollars? Two quids? Two quids? How about we do two, two quids? quids? Well, that's about three dollars, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we can, we can do two quids. Um, 
in terms of sacando la calculadora, you know, whipping out the calculators, doing the math with this exercise, I, I have to stick with what I said weeks ago. You know, Messi is capable of the impossible. It's, you know, and it's, it's very, um, it's a big, big, I'm looking for the word here. It's a big risk. It's a big gamble to bet against Messi. But I just don't see them winning 7 out of 10, man. No, I see them being night. that good. And that's why I think last night's draw at home hurts them so much. Because it made the room for error that much smaller. Right now, now it's even more of opportunity that they have, or more of a of an obligation to win games in which Messi won't be around. Like let's, they have to play LAFC this weekend at, uh, at Los Angeles, which we'll t- talk about here to round out the, the pod here in just a few minutes, but um, they've got to go and get points there next week. They play sporting Kansas city for the first time in franchise history, but they'll be doing so with a very depleted roster because so many guys are away on international duty. I mean, it's going to be a monumental task for this team. It, it was already a monumental task. The task got that much harder. You know, I, I put as the you know the title of this of this pod of this episode, Messi's first MLS setback. And, and actually, someone on Twitter was like, "It's not a setback. They got they got a they got a point." But it is a setback because they have so much room they have to make, and they drop points at home. Right? Whenever you tie at home, you're dropping points. You're not necessarily gaining points, even though yes, they got one out of it. So but the reason um, the reason that MLS plays through Joseph Jim, love you, Franco. Joseph Jim, I love you. <laughs> I don't know if you're just agreeing with I don't know if you love the exercise or what, but uh but I appreciate the kind But the reason that MLS plays through the international break is why? Because it's MLS, man. Because it's MLS. You know, the Premier League stops. Everything in Europe stops now for the international break. The, the top leagues don't play through the international break. So it's a question for Don Don Garber. If Don wants to come on here, he's watching. You know, again, it doesn't help the team. not you know, a lot of teams have got international players going away, playing all over the place. It's what? Why are they playing? Why? So, so Tata Martino on Tuesday. I don't know if you caught this, uh, Primo, but and we talked about it on the pod with Fernando Fiore earlier in the week. Tata Martino left a, a very big nugget there on Tuesday when he was asked about playing through the international break. He said that MLS, his from his understanding, MLS is analyzing that, and that next year. Um, he he expects that they won't be playing through the international break, which would make sense, right? Because MLS just this day and age now is a much more international league. They have way more national team players. Like playing through international um, breaks just, you know, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially look at Inter Miami's case next weekend. They'll be short, I think, 9, 10, 11 players, something like that. Um, so, when, the, when the people in Apple TV are knocking on Don Garber's door exactly. saying, hold awesome. on, I'm watching Inter Miami here. Where's the little Argentinian guy? Why isn't he playing? Oh, I'm oh, sorry. He's, play, he's playing for Argentina at the moment. Oh, I, okay, think that, right. I think that comes yeah. into, into play here as well, right? Well, that's like, a good you, thing. You I mean, want Messi a, around as much as possible um, to maximize the It's the not just about Messi, though. It's about, it's about... Oh, of course. Of course. But Messi, like you said... Yeah. Like you said, I mean, Messi is a big component of it, right? Like Apple TV doesn't want to not have him on their channels when they could have a rush. So I think that plays a part. Um, hopefully it comes to pass. Hopefully it comes to pass. What's his name? Tenses cautiously optimistic as always, or he says cautious optimism always. And then he says the players slash athletes are human, not perfect. So perhaps the unexpected can happen. One reason why the sport can be beautiful. Absolutely. I'm not saying they're not like, well, I'm going to say they're not going to do it for my opinion, but it is possible. It's not like they're mathematically ruled out today. Still possible, and anything can well, happen. The other, the other saying of, on top of that is, it's, it's the hope that kills you. So, uh, <laughs> there you 
go. Steve Brenner, ladies and gentlemen, has become uh, the anti-Steve Brenner. Steve Brenner bold would have been like, you know, they're going to do it and they can do this. He was always the very positive one. It looks like Andrea and Jose may have him uh, at gunpoint behind the screen. Because this, this is the most... <laughs> different, different, different sensibility, you know, it's like different... You know. Times change. Times change. All right. Well, let's see. Let's just begin wrapping up. Let's just do a quick preview of the weekend match. Uh, Inter Miami travels to Los Angeles to take on LAFC. BMO Stadium in in Los Angeles. LAFC is not necessarily in the best of run of form, right? It's not the LAFC of maybe years past, but it's still a formidable opponent. They are the reigning MLS Cup champions difficult um, place to play good atmosphere yeah this is this is this, this will be the second time this will be the second time they play since we were there we were there for the first ever meeting between inter miami and lafc inter miami's first ever official game um back in 2020 before the pandemic hit um, i have very vivid memories of of that day and of that match um inter miami wearing the white top with the pink shorts um, you and I didn't really know each other all too well yet. A young, a young Robbie Robinson running down the way. <laughs> I mean, no, it, was, it was wonderful. Wasn't it? Running out in the locker room. I mean, yeah, it was great times. Yeah. He was playing striker, my friend. He was playing striker. Um, but the LAFC versus Inter Miami. Uh, the game's at 10 p.m. Eastern. So for uh, us East Coast people, we're going to be up late. Now it is you know, Labor Day weekend, so there is a holiday the next day. So, you know, you could be up for this one and it shouldn't impact you as much as if it was a regular Sunday with Monday, um, regular Monday the next day. Primo, what does Inter Miami, actually, before we go to what does Inter Miami, actually, no, let's start there. What does Inter Miami have to do in this one to, I'm not going to say get a result because a result probably isn't good enough for them in the grand scheme of things. What does Inter-Miami have to do to get a victory, to get three points on the road, to help make up for the points they dropped here at home? This is, again, the last game with the bunch, with almost everyone available prior to the international break. I think, yeah, I mean, it, well, it's going to be a different game, isn't it? We said that before. You know, LFC at home aren't going to sit back. It's going to be raucous atmosphere. Um, I think they've just got to, yeah, they've just got to keep try and keep the ball better. And then when they do it, just try and create create better chances, I think. That's what they didn't do last night. But I, I think it'll be a more it should be a more open game. LFC will be on the on the front foot. And I think that will suit they're they're not going to defend at, at home, are they? So they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be more attacking. Uh, but maybe with a mind on just you know keeping it tight in, in midfield and, and not letting Messi sort of get on the ball and, and 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 do his thing. And I think they would have seen he was getting frustrated last night. He was getting agitated. And I think they'll they'll jump they'll jump all over that and it'll be a, a good crowd it'll be a great occasion there we've been there been to that stadium I was at the MLS final last last uh, last season it was awesome um, but they just yeah they need to to play better so I I, I can imagine he's going to change it up a bit in midfield and attack I, w- I would have thought try and freshen it up a, a, a little bit and um, yeah they, they they just have to be better don't they they have to be better with the ball I think they were just they were they were put under pressure last night but then also they were careless in possession I just don't think they it looked after the ball well, and then they've got to take the chances. It's, it's, it's a simple game. <laughs> LAFC is 11, 7, and 7 on the season. They have scored 39 goals, 27 scored against them, and they are in second place in the Western Conference. So still pretty pretty high up in the standings. I say they're not the LA of old because the LA of old, or LAFC of old, excuse me, would downright dominate the league and then win most of their games. And Carlos Bello was um, you know, scoring practically every match. 
Um, this LAFC team a little bit differently, but still very good under head coach Steve Chirundolo, the former U.S. Men's National Team right back. Um, I think it's going to be two teams that are going to try to dictate the tempo. It's not going to be Inter-Miami versus Nashville C where Nashville C sat back and, and defended. I think it's going to be two teams trying to get on the ball and try to make things happen. And which team does the better job of that will come out on top in this one. It's a very interesting battle for Inter-Miami. Uh, I think it should lend to opportunities and it should lend to goals. And I think they will score goals just because of Messi and then what he's capable of. It's about if the defense can hold up. The defense has posted two consecutive clean sheets with Aviles and Miller and the like. Uh, Calendar doing his part. If they can hold up, though, against this LAFC team away from home, that's, a, that's another question that they're going to have to answer. If they can, then Inter Miami has a chance to come away with three points. If they don't, then one to zero points is, is more likely. I think the defense is the key because I expect the attack to score. How many goals can you limit LAFC to, if any? You know, if you get keep them at zero, it'd be fantastic. So uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Um, here's you know a tidbit for for the listeners and the viewers. We will do. I don't know if Primo will be a part of it, but we will do uh, a pregame pod. Um, so here live on YouTube, Twitter. Um, to talk about the game and, and in the hour, hour and a half leading up to it. So this will be a place that's, you know, um, come to and we can analyze everything going into the match in a little bit more detail. Primo, you talked about what you think Inter Miami needs to do, what type of game that we are both expecting. What can be done in terms of the lineup? What changes could we see? Does this team need to shuffle things up again uh, and freshen things up again? Because, I mean, there, there, there needs to be, I guess, a little bit of change, I think, just after yeah. seeing, you know, a stale and, and stagnant performance overall against Nashville SC on, on Wednesday night. I think Ruiz maybe will, will come in, do you think, or, or Cremasi as well? I mean, you know, maybe not, not together, but one, one of those, I think, just, just added a bit of, just a bit of impetus, wasn't it? You know, uh, I guess you've got to leave, you've got to keep Busquets in. But I, I just think Ruiz, I think, he, you know, he's a, he's, he's a talented player. I think he, I think he's got energy and get, gets up and down, um, gets stuck in as well, doesn't he? Doesn't mind, doesn't mind a tackle or two. So I think, I think just freshening up in midfield, I think for a bit, just a bit, a bit more legs, a bit more energy midfield. If Messi's not doing it, they just need some energy. And Busquets is not that player, so you know they need someone else. So I think he would, he would do that. And I guess maybe Campania for uh, for Martinez. I would have thought. Canada says five three two to control extra men in middle. Now, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, listen, it's possible. I'm not going to say it's out of the realm of possibility, but I would say they go 4-3-3. They go with the tried and tested formation. Um, and the reason for that is because I don't think they want to necessarily have more numbers at the back to defend LAFC. I think they're going to want to dictate the tempo. Um, so I think you'll see a 4-4, sorry, a 4-3-3 um, any changes? What changes could we see? I think Facundo Farias starting um, alongside Messi, and I would say probably Joseph Martinez. And I'm not saying that's what my preference is. I just think that that's what we'll probably see. I think Facundo Farias for Robert Taylor could be um, could be a move that gets made by Tata Martino. I think Benjamin Kremaski back into the lineup uh, instead of Diego Gomez um, is probably going to be in the cards as well. You know, people were a little bit surprised, and I would say I was as well a little bit that Gomez got the start on Wednesday night instead of Kremaski. I thought Kremaski looked sharp initially off the bench. 
Um, so, you know, he's been called up to the U.S. Men's National Team. I'm sure he's he's full of confidence in that way. So I expect Kremaski, who, who, you know, he's a ball winner, um, never-ending motor. I expect him to be in that midfield to try to help um, limit LAFC's attack and punch. So I think those are the two changes we could see. I think besides that, I mean, Dixon Arroyo and, and Busquets will probably be in there. Um, Messi and Martinez. And, and at the back line, Ivy Listen Miller, um, flanked by Yedlin and, and Alba. Um, with Drake Calendar and goal. I think that's that's the lineup we're going to see. I know I just kind of did a hodgepodge of uh, positions well, instead of going line by line, line, but can't go Matt, you can't go full out attack, but you can't go full on defense. So maybe that's you know, you've got to have a bit of balance, and I guess that what you just said kind of lends it to that, really. So yeah. Tata we'll, see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with Inter Miami. It'll be an interesting one. Um, there's going to be availability on Saturday, so we'll have the, the post game. The post game, the pregame day before match day minus one interviews uh, up on YouTube um, after they take place. Uh, again, we'll have a podcast on Sunday evening prior to kickoff to dissect what's happening. Um, Primo, you've been full of predictions today. It, it took a little bit of you know pushing some buttons there to get you going and to actually you know throw out some opinions there because you're not always the most opinionated person, um, but you were today, which I appreciate and I thank you for. Does Inter Miami win on? Oh, what happened to my, what happened to my jersey? Look at that. He's just like, um, uh, so, he says his spirit. <laughs> uh, does Inter Miami? It's a, it's an omen for the question I'm about to ask you. Does Inter Miami win on Sunday? Do they no. get back to winning ways? No, I, I draw. Uh, draw. A draw. Two all. Two all. Two all. Inter Miami wins to make it interesting. I say 3-2. 3-2 Inter Miami victory. Both teams are going to score in this one. It's just a matter of who scores more um, and well, or which defense can hold up more. So Inter Miami wins 3-2. 3-2. I think Messi, Messi bounces back before going away to the international break. Losing before the international break, although they play a game during that uh, FIFA window, I think that would make for a very good um, overall confidence for the team. But again, that I mean that doesn't necessarily play into what happened on Sunday. I just think in our mind we'll, we'll have enough. We'll have enough to to prevail. All right, Primo. Anything you want to add in your first video appearance? I know you're still not you're not yet back to being a regular uh, Miami Total Football Radio co-host, but I'm glad you know you were able to, to come back in and contribute. You had done a pod not too long ago. Um, now you've done a video visual pod so the people know what you look like. You were called handsome. I mean, anything you want to add here before we wrap up? No, I, th- I just think it's just a bit of, you know, a bit of pers- a bit of perspective, you know, was as was needed maybe just because you can obviously get carried away. It is great sport. We love it and all this kind of stuff. I did have a little snipe at someone on Twitter or men in blazers actually. <laughs> A picture of DeAndre Yedlin doing a team talk, and they said this photo is quite remarkable. Yedlin giving the greatest football to ever live a half-time team talk. I mean, I, I didn't think it was a parody or not. I mean, DeAndre Yedlin is, is an experienced international footballer who's played in Europe. I mean, a bit of perspective. I mean, what he's not going to talk, or he's going to be completely in awe of Messi. And come on, I mean. I just think stuff like that is just is just ridiculous. You know, it's. <laughs> and so, and so, and so the point is that, you know, yes, Messi's a fantastic and it's been amazing, all that kind of stuff. But sometimes you just need a little bit of perspective and just sometimes to 
to take the wind out of his sails just a little bit and just realise that you know there's they need other players to to, to step up if they're going to be able to do anything in this last last part of the season. It can't all be on him. Um, and I think last night we saw that. So hopefully that will give, in mean, my own perspective, will give them a bit of a wake up call, uh, possibly to move on. But yeah, that ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous treat. One of the worst takes. I think you know, remarkable. What's remarkable about that? About DeAndre Yedlin giving a team tour. It's, not having it. Says, I mean, he's the one that speaks English, right? He speaks English more fluently, so he can communicate to the English speakers. But anyway, um, look, I mean, I focus more on the team and the players and, and what happens around the team more than media that, that covers uh, an event or a team. But it is part of the story, right? It is part of the storyline. And I'll say oh, this because I've said this. That's a story. That's a story. I've said this with Jose and Andrea inside. Things that we're seeing with messy mania are a bit different and whether you like them dislike them it's all just part of messy and messy mania i mean the fact that his security guard right his personal security guard has been hired by inter miami walks up and down the sideline while he's playing a game i mean you know, this is just these are just odd things and just um part part of the overall service part well, of the overall loves- show even last night, as we were sat in the mix zone, who else but Gianni Infantino, head of FIFA, walked past along, and also we didn't see him. I actually think you know Infantino there alongside Floyd Mayweather. I mean, who, Floyd who, Mayweather who, was there. Who, Ken Griffey Jr. was there taking photographs. Uh, right, the MLB right. Hall of Fame. I mean, this is just it's it's a different it's a different element now. It's a different. It's great. World. It's brilliant. Absolutely, it's, it's great. I, I would take this over you know what was before, right? But yes, are there going to be some things that we all don't agree with in terms of um, different things that are said, written, done, etc.? Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, it's 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 just part of the new normal um, for Inter Miami and Lionel Messi. But anyway, all right, Primo Steve Brennan, thank you so very much thank for joining you. us. Thank the viewers and the listeners for tuning in again. Please, if you haven't, give us a like a comment, a share, and a definitely please a subscribe. It helps us out tremendously, and it costs you nothing but a click. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, um, formerly known as iTunes, and you haven't left us a review, please do so. I've seen some come in. Please leave us a written review. It helps us out there tremendously. So for Steve Brenner, el primo, I am Franco Panizo. You have been listening and watching Miami Total Football Radio, the show. We will talk to you guys again on Sunday evening, Labor Day Eve, to preview the match uh, and have a pregame talk. It's poor Inter Miami and LAFC. Have a good night, everybody.